musings of the Mick, talking about board games and related stuff. Greetings, everyone. We are back with episode two of Musings of the Mick. So here we are in the second episode. So I guess that means it is time for more of those musings. So first, I hope those who celebrate had a great Thanksgiving. As was the case last time, we are going to look at some games we have played lately. Sandwiched between me looking at those games, like that wonderful leftover turkey that we should all have, is going to be a look at some crowdfunding projects and our topic of the week Games that are like a Thanksgiving dinner. What does that mean? Well, I guess you'll have to stay tuned and find out. So let's get started with some of those games that we have played recently now. All right, so we are going to be looking at two games on this section. The first one's going to be Blueprints of Mad King Ludwig from Bezier Games. This is a draft and write, verb and write type of game where you're going to have cards out in the middle and in turn order, you're going to draft one and draw it into your castle, connecting with a previously drawn room and each doorways matching. Um, this is an interesting take on the whole verb and write. Um, I'll start with a couple of issues we kind of had. Um, this is definitely severe analysis paralysis, AP prone. The bride does, was shutting down a lot, just trying to figure out which room is this going to work out way here. Let's look at our goals all of that. Uh, one of the ways they do kind of counteract that is that technically people can go while the other person's coloring in. So hopefully they're coloring in while the other person's making their decisions. Next, they did come with these drawing panels to put the paper on because in this game, the paper is vellum. So you can easily see through it and trace. I wish those were a bit sturdier. Our pieces kept kind of falling out and we ended up just taking them out at the bottom to try and get the cards into trace anyways. However, I will say there is a large variety of rooms, goals, favors, and decrees, tons of replay value. Um, we played, you play with 40 rooms in a two-player game. So you had those 40 rooms. There was 40 more rooms that we could play, and then 30 more after that. So do the math, that's 110 rooms in there. You only use four goals, and there's probably like a good like 30 of them. The goals, favors, decrees, all of that. Also, the iconography and layout works very well. They have the icons on stuff, on the colored pencils, on the board. And I would say they're super user-friendly with their player aids and sheets. Very good descriptions on each thing and how they're going and what they're used for, what powers they have. The second game I will talk about is Dreams of Tomorrow, which comes to us from Weird Giraffe Games. This is a little bit of an older game. Um, you're going to have four cards placed in the middle. That's going to be a rondelle that you're going to be moving around. And you're moving around there to gather resources and collect dreams into your dream catcher to eventually weave them into a five-piece dream in a two-player game and three-player game, maybe four-player game, you go only to four dreams. But in the two-player game, you go to five dreams, highest score wins. Um, we like this as super quick turns. It is a fast play. It said 45 minutes. I think we knocked it out in like a half hour. The cubes on the mats can be a bit fiddly or accidentally bumped because you just have like almost like a postcard size thing and the cubes are tracking your resources. But I don't think we had too much of an issue, but I could see some people might have an issue with that. Um, the art is really stunning and it's really cool because you have like, I think it's like five or six different sets of dreams numbered two, three, four, five. So you could get those lined up and then you can just see the whole 
dream as it goes along over time. That's pretty cool. And this is another game where the they have intuitive icons, and the icons are placed smartly to help direct where things go. Like when you catch a dream, it goes to the left of your board, and they have the little dream symbol there that matches the one on the board. When you weave it in, it goes underneath. They have the weave symbol down there. Then even on the cards, the stuff you need to spend to get them, they have the icon next to the cost. So that is a really, really good layout that really helps speed up the game in regards to that. But those were a couple of plays we've done recently. Let's go take a look at some crowdfunding projects. So let's start this crowdfunding look at a game that we actually mentioned last week in regards to all those food games coming out, and that is Wasabi. This game comes to us from Kids Tabletop Board Gaming, and as I said, I mentioned it last episode. In this game, you're going to be taking tiles from the ingredient board and placing them down on the game board, and your goal is to try and line up the ingredients to match the order that you have. I believe the cards are in your hand. Match those to get bonuses and points and such. Play until the, you play until the board is full, and then you can always use action cards to move greens around to make your recipes. Kids Tabletop Board Gaming does great productions, and they don't break the bank. Like, the deluxe version of this is pretty reasonably priced for, from what I can remember. And you get little teacup markers and a little ingredient board that can hold all the pieces so they're not scattered all around. The whole production just looks really nice. It's definitely one I'm pretty sure we're going to be backing, especially because I've been wanting to get the original Wasabi that this is a newer version of. The other one I want to bring up is Kelp. This comes to us from Wonderbow Games. I haven't heard of them before, but this one caught my eye. It's a two-player asymmetric game, which means both sides play differently. One side plays the octopus, which is a deck builder, and you're kind of swapping tiles around and trying to evade the shark because there's these tiles that are facing the octopus player that shows what's on each tile. The shark, however, is a dice bag builder where they're going to be rolling dice, riding the currents, trying to hunt the octopus. That really caught my eye because the bride really likes deck builders. I like rolling dice, so it's kind of a match made in heaven. I will say, though, this one does seem a bit pricey, but a lot of the components also seem high quality with it. So this is one that we're definitely going to have to balance our thoughts on see you know is this one that we're going to want do we really think we need this one because it is a decent amount the other thing i'm going to mention is two kickstars that will be launching between the time you're listening to me now and the time you'll hear from me again so expect me to cover these two more in depth on the next episode and that is boundless stride and i think has a bunch of more words this is coming to us from incredible dream studios they're the same one who brought us kinfire and Kenfire Delve, which you should be seeing popping up on the channel here soon. And then the other one is Tiny Epic Cthulhu. So that one launches December 5th. Boundless Stride launches November 28th. So if you're listening to this on drop day, it is on the next day. So anyways, Tiny Epic Cthulhu, it comes to you from Gamelin Games. It's a new installment in their Tiny Epic series, which is a big game experience in a small box. So look forward to next episode when you'll hear more about those. Hey, did you ever want to be part of an exclusive club? A club that has benefits just for being a member. Well, we have something for you then. Come, join our Patreon and get access to the exclusive benefits therein. You'll find out our initial impressions of games we play. We don't do many reviews currently on the channel, just the ones you hear on the podcast. 
we'll post our spoiler-laced thoughts on any legacy or campaign games we are currently playing. You could have a hand in deciding future podcast topics as we'll put them for vote up on the Patreon. Lastly, you'll be able to see when we start posting tiers that include swag, currently in a development stage in my brain, but looking into it. Also, starting in the new year, there may be some other fun videos popping up. You'll just have to join the Patreon to see what they are. And here we are on our topic for this episode. A topic that, again, if you are part of our Patreon, you may eventually have input in as we come up with more topics that we want to decide upon. Well, this topic for this episode is going to be games that are like a Thanksgiving dinner. With Thanksgiving just passing, I kind of had this thought of what games are like a Thanksgiving dinner. And there's a couple ways I could have went with that, as in this big, elaborate, has everything, every side you can think of is just overpowering with the massivity of it. That's not the way I went. I went, it's games that are more about side quests instead of the main game. You know, sometimes you get to a Thanksgiving dinner and you're like, yeah, turkey's nice, but ooh, candy jams, oh, green bean casserole, look at those potatoes, give me some rolls. So the sides is kind of what everyone's really looking at. So this is four games that we kind of play that we don't really push the end game as much, or at least one of us does. And I will not mention names, but I will say they are not the ones speaking. So one of those games is Clank. Clank is a deck builder coming to us from Direwolf Digital and Renegade Games. And you're basically doing your deck building, buying cards, make your deck better, but you're doing this to go explore down in a dungeon, try and find a treasure, and then rush out of the castle to trigger the end of game. To us, it's just enjoyable building the deck and going and exploring through the dungeon. You could be one of these people who grabs the first treasure, runs up, and forces everyone to try and figure it out. That's not the way we enjoy playing, though. So we don't necessarily use our movement cards as much. We're usually just buying the cards and going all crazy and doing that. And maybe we want to see if we can get more treasures and go to the store to grab a second treasure. So we usually spend a lot more time in the dungeon than most people probably do. Also, the cards are just cool to look at. They all have like funny names or hidden meanings or homages and references to different um, dungeon things. And they have a clank in space. So then you start getting the sci-fi element with that one. Although that one can't do the snatch and dash plan because you actually have to get through airlocks and go all the way around the board the next one up is naren far so this is a narrative style game from red raven games they are really known for their narrative style and this one ends when you place your last tent well the bride just likes running around and getting the story read to her so she doesn't really lay as many tents as she probably should to advance the end of the game she just lays them when need be and then she really just focuses on getting enough supplies so she can get to that next story marker not necessarily building stuff up to try and go further, drop more tents, or advance. Just get to that story, and then get to the next story, and then to the next story. The next game is one that I think we're both kind of guilty on with this one. That is Terraforming Mars. Terraforming Mars is you're playing cards down. You're trying to terraform Mars by having the oxygen and the temperature get to a certain level and get out all of the ocean tiles. You can see various plays of all the different iterations on the channel that I have done. I've soloed the base game, the card game, the dice game, the mobile game. So plenty of options for you to see how it plays that way. But we don't usually tend to focus on upping the global parameters at all. You can do standard actions where you can spend the resources or goal or mega credits 
to push the stuff up and get going on the end game. We just like getting all the cards out and seeing how high we can get this and let's build this and let's do these blue cards and do all this actions. And that is honestly what we have fun with, not necessarily pushing up the global parameters. And the last one is Architects of the West Kingdom. This game's to us from Garful Games and I believe Renegade Games here as well. This one is, it's a worker placement game, but the cool part of this one is you start with a bunch of workers because as you put workers into sections, those sections get better the more workers you have. Like your first worker will get you one wood. Your second worker will now get you wood equal to how many people you have there or equal to the total number between you and your opponents or the divided by two or just keeps getting better as you have more people. So we tend to just start putting people out and collecting all these resources and not really remember about building the cathedral or building buildings as much, which is how you advance the end of the game. We get wrapped up too much just putting our people out. So again, those are games that to me kind of remind me of that Thanksgiving dinner that are all about the sides and not so much about the main structure of the game. If you have any thoughts on other ones that kind of sound like that, go ahead and let us know. I was alone. I was all by myself. No one was looking. I was thinking of games. Oh yeah, did I mention? I was all by myself. All by myself. All by myself. All by myself. I stayed in our house. But no one was there. I went in the game room. I was all by myself. Indeed, I am by myself gaming quite a bit. So I figured, why not film me playing by myself? So right now, you can join me at the table and watch me play solo, mano e mio. And no, this ain't your parents' solitaire either. So head on over to the Merry Merry Meeples YouTube channel and check out all the video offerings of me playing games solo. And oh yeah, I was all by myself. Speaking of solo, I am now going to go over a few games that I have played solo for these reviews. The first one is Ela and Something Shiny, which comes to us from North Star Games. I have just completed episode two. This is a campaign type, type game. And episode two is actually a third game because there's an episode zero, which is like a prologue. Anyways, so here's just some quick thoughts on this one. I'm not going to try and spoil too much on it. As I said, it's a campaign type of game. Um, there is lots of shuffling. The main driving mechanism of this game is resource management and kind of engine building because you're going to have cards that you can trade resources to get other things or trade a different resource for a different resource. So there's kind of remembering that, then making sure you're getting what you need to do that and just run that engine. Uh, memory is tested more in a later chapter, so you are trying to remember those cards, but then later on you are going to have to start remembering other things. A couple down things I have with this one is there's a lot of wood components in it. But then the hearts, which you for sure use every game because you're putting them on the one card, those are just punch board. I kind of wish those were wooden. And then card stands, There's so you have your main story deck, and there's a card stand for that that you go through every day. I would have wished for some card stands for the red and blue cards on either side that you have to grab and then find certain ones and put them in the different decks. Other than that, though, I really enjoyed this one as a solo experience, kind of flipping through the deck and trying to remember stuff. And it does give you a little bit of an emotional punch to start off. So I am looking forward on getting further into this game. Next up, we have Legacy of You from Garful Games. 
This is another kind of resource management one, although this one has a lot more other plates you have to manage. Like you have to kind of build your deck and fight people off the invading barbarians. So there's a lot of plates you're just kind of balancing there, trying to make sure you don't lose this way or this way or this way, but still have to push this to go forward. Um, you're basically getting resources to build the canal before the flood comes in. This is another campaign one, though, where, but it's nice because even if you lose, you unlock stuff. So it's kind of campaigning that you play over a set number of games and unlock a story, but it's completely resettable. You can play through and just have different endings. And finally, I'm just going to quickly touch on Solar Sentinels. This is part of the 20 Strong series of games that Chip Theory has started with, where it's a system and then they put a they have another deck of cards that uses the base components. This one had some tough choices to make and there's resource management this one also in a way as in you choose the dice that you want to commit you roll them and then you use them but you only bring back so many each round so try and make sure you don't overuse your dice so you have enough especially of the better ones this one was more punishing and tougher than i usually like my solo games or games in general it felt really tight and just constantly getting beaten down but anyways, those were a couple of these solo games that I have been playing recently. So what is coming up on our YouTube channel and our various other socials? Well, December is starting soon, so we are going to be doing Advent Calendar Shorts on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube Shorts. Which ones? You'll have to wait and see. We are also going to be doing back-to-back -back weeks of playing a draft and write game. This week, if you're listening to us on launch week, we will see a solo play of Blueprints of Mad King Ludwig, which I talked about earlier in the show. But then the following week, we're actually going to do Draft and Write Records, a game that comes to us from Inside Up Games, where you'll be drafting cards and filling in a sheet. So another draft and write type of game. We're also going to start starting to do new content for some of our games we liked from the year. So maybe a game that we've unboxed or something in the past, but now we're going to do a playthrough. First up on that's going to be more likely a solo play of junk drawer, a polyomino game about building up basically four junk drawers and trying to match different goals in the middle. We are also going to be finishing off our Funkoverse Thursday throwdown. The leaders of the previously winning teams are going to be going at it in a two by two battle. And again, because Christmas is now around the corner, we are going to be doing Lego Christmas builds. All of that is also in addition to all the normal stuff we are up to. So keep an eye on those socials. But that is going to wrap it up for episode number two. So now that we are two episodes in, I guess I'm going to call this a thing. Feel free to still drop by the YouTube channel or any of our socials and let us know what you like or didn't like about this episode. And please do it nicely. Those socials are Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Mary Married Meeples or Twitter X. We are at Mary Married. Also, be sure to head over and check out that Patreon that we did talk about earlier. Link is in the description of the podcast. And I will be back in two weeks to share even more musings of the mick